welcome everyone as Fantastic Geek Talks Emmy nominations 2023. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk Andor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Mandalorian, Star Wars, Matt. You know, that Kathleen Kennedy, the rumor that she got fired yesterday again... She's doing a heck of a job running Star Wars into the ground, what with three of the four live-action series to date being nominated for the best drama in their respective categories. Yes, for this TV year, Star Wars television has earned 22 nominations. Uh, and, you know, we, we are recording this the day of Emmy nominations, but... Uh, you're not joking when you say amongst certain weird uh, closed off corners of the internet yesterday, the exclusive breaking news was that Kathleen Kennedy had been fired, as you say, again, because this is probably the 15th time this rumor has broken. Um, and of course, when you sent me that tweet, obviously somewhat uh, tongue in cheek, I was like, oh, my God, could this be true? Let me check deadline not there nor variety nor the hollywood reporter that means it doesn't exist let me give it an hour just in case we have a tmz situation going on here nope it's just not true and again pete as you said the next day 22 nominations for the three shows that were released in this emmy year uh and just a a glowing television picture here for uh for star wars on television a podcasting programming note from us we are going to talk about the next star wars live action show that your ahsoka uh tomorrow or friday haven't quite nailed down what day we'll be able to do that just yet but matt we might be talking about that this time next year joining this list let's start with andor everybody knew it was going to be a darling and it did not disappoint yeah, uh, Emmy nominations for the cinematography and directing of the episode Rick's Road. Emmy nominations for the music of the series by Nicholas Bertel. Uh, ditto for his main... <laughs> I was amused. His main title, Music, was nominated. Of course, there was... How many episodes of Andor were there? It was 12, right? There was something like nine different versions of the main title music. Every time they were different. Yeah. Every time. Um, Brittel, by the way, a, an Emmy winner for the music on Succession. Um, also, it, it, on the more technical end, sound editing for the episode The Eye, which <laughs> first I was like, oh, sound editing, okay, whatever. And I was like, oh, no, I remember the sound in The Eye. That was that was quite an episode there. Visual effects, no big surprise there. Um, nominated for the writing of the episode One Way Out. That actually a Bo Willimon nomination. He, you know, formerly of House of Cards. Pete, it's the episode where they say One Way Out. Uh, so. But then the, the tippity top here, Pete, what is it? Surprising no uh, acting nominations. Uh, there was a heavy, heavy campaign for Diego Luna. Very much surprised, not honored here. Really surprised as a guest, Andy Serkis doesn't get a nomination. Skarsgård, I I think was was kind of a push or a pick 'em heading into this. Personally, I thought he earned it. I mean the the monologue 
from that one episode is just epic and will forever be out there. But yeah, really surprising. I mean, Genevieve O'Reilly, really? Nothing? <laughs> Maybe it was a product of stiff competition. I don't have in front of me whether the guest actor and guest actress um, lists, it was either six nominees or seven nominees, but of the 12 or 14 nominations total, again, across the genders there, uh, all but two either went to season two of White Lotus or the first season of The Last of Us. So again, Pete, maybe, you know, if if anybody had access to the the voting totals, which of course nobody does, um, but maybe Andy Serkis, Donald Skarsgård, John, uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, maybe they were, you know, th- the first spot that got left off the list, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's tight competition. And again, just to be nominated the consensus is that succession uh you know will be the runaway i don't know that this season was necessarily their best uh also a lot of those nominations are skewed that brian cox is up for it what little he's in um that alan ruck matt is up for it what little he's in yeah I, I guess. And we know how competitive these campaigns are and HBO or is it Max? Am I am I even allowed to call it HBO anymore? The uh, heavyweight that they are here, particularly with those two succession and the darling from last year, White Lotus, that everybody says the second season is far better than the first. Uh, I would recommend for anybody yourself included Pete who has yet to see both seasons of white Lotus. That's, that's, that's a fun, let me this way. The first season, it took me half the season to figure out what the show, like to figure out its flavor. Uh, and that's, uh, that's not necessarily a criticism on, um, the show. I'll use lost as an example. If you watch the first 15 minutes of lost and you're like, okay, people survive a, a plane crash. Got it. And then you're like, wait, there's a magic monster? What's, what, you know, like you're figuring out the flavor. It takes a little while to figure out is what exactly is White Lotus doing in terms of is it satire, is it drama, is it comedy and whatnot. But uh, Pete, we'll save the White Lotus podcast for another another day, another year down the line. Uh, certainly the headline here coming out of Andor, among other things, is uh, a nominee for Outstanding Drama. We expected this to happen. It was completely apparent they got this right. Again, will it win? The award would seem to be the nomination to get the respect in this category. Um, much like Matt, the other Star Wars show that nobody really predicted to compete in its category. Yeah, uh, seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, with some nominations in the technical end, costumes, editing, sound editing, sound mixing, that's not a huge surprise. You know, it's a technical show as is as are a lot of these shows out there, but for Kenobi to be nominated for outstanding limited or anthology series, um, uh, that was, that was surprising. That's a huge credit to it. Uh, I think, you know, if you, if you have listened to our Kenobi podcast, I think we very much enjoyed it. I don't know that it was the most amazing reimagination of storytelling ever, but certainly an honor here. Uh, and I think well-deserving this, uh, this nomination. The haters, Matt, are going to say that Lucasfilm, that Disney campaigned itself into this. And you are free to think that. 
but at the same time, um, the Emmys don't nominate garbage for the best in a category. Um, yeah, you know, the, the technical stuff was to be understood, but that it's up in this select category. That's the six episodes or fewer category, uh, right? Or is it eight? Oh, for, what, for, uh, for limited? Yeah, that might be I eight. don't know. It's been controversial in the past couple of years because then it's been like, oh, you know, limited. And then what was the one? It was the, again, it was the HBO one, the, the one that, uh, with the women in California. Is that Big oh, Little Lies? No yeah, there's no second season nominated. Oh, wait, here's, here's season two with Meryl Streep. Yeah, I know that there's an Emmy rule that, like, you can switch one time and then you can't switch back. And I will say, without any spoiler to you or to anybody, Pete, you watch the first season of White Lotus and it takes place at the fictional White Lotus in Maui and you go, okay, I understand how this was, I think it's seven episodes. So I understand how this is one limited series. I get it. And then even heading into the second season where it was floated and you'll find out in the first five minutes if you watch season two, a character goes from season one to season two. I spent all of season two saying, I don't understand how this is a sequel season. They did this with Fargo where there was a character from season one, season two, you go back in time, different character, different actor. It literally was not until somewhere in the last episode where I said, oh, this is a sequel season. This was a limited series in season one. This is a this is a a, a regular dramatic series in season two. Um, I get it. So, you know, kudos to the Emmys for having these flexible rules. Do people sometimes take advantage? Absolutely. Um, but, you know. Uh, Pete, I think I think the Obi Wan Kenobi story is not going to return to Disney Plus soon. How about that? It's not going to happen in the next. I'll pick a number three years. I wonder though if the amount of praise here from the Academy helped to move the dial to have discussions about the second season. You know, you and McGregor provided the the star power with this one and then to have Hayden Christensen return and the love fest that happened there completely earned. And then, um, yeah, this is the cherry on top of the Sunday for that. Again, will it win? No, we know what an uphill fight it is for genre entertainment, particularly of the science fiction nature. You know, you go back, you look at your Star Trek, the next generations, you look at your Battlestar Galactica's being in the nomination field is the victory there. Um, this season of The Mandalorian, uh, it earned nine technical nominations, including cinematography, stunts, visual effects. Uh, the This is the first season of The Mandalorian to not be nominated for Best Drama. Uh, and I feel like I'm okay with that. I feel like I have it's no. It's not as good as the others yeah. on the list, and that's not a. That's not a slam. <laughs> it's it's been there before. Okay, could they be there again? Sure, but you know we know where they make their bones as far as the technical stuff and watching the 
recently released Disney Gallery for the third season, just what they're able to do with the the Grogu puppet and the volume and all that other technical stuff that, Matt, what has it done? It's changed the way they do Star Trek now. It's being used in other productions. It's tremendous. And I mean, to compare it to its proposed peers, uh, I'll go through the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Drama that I've seen, and uh, you can add a couple that, that you've seen. Was this season of Mandalorian better than this season of Andor? No. Last of Us? No. White Lotus? No. C- the Crown? No. Succession? No. Pete, let's add Better Call Saul and House of the Dragon. Were no. those two? Yeah, no, okay. I have not seen Yellow Jackets. Have you? No, but I. it's one I have to get to. It's It's on my short list, and... Yeah, they do a tremendous job with that. And Melanie Linsky getting it there and in Last of Us, like, that's awesome. Um, Yeah, so it seems like having seen seven of the eight drama nominees between the two of us, it seems like, okay, it's okay that Mandalorian Season 3 did not earn that nomination. Um, But again, total of 22 nominations across all of Star Wars TV. Yeah. Failure, Matt. Twenty-two nominations. Like, come on, <laughs> it's ridiculous that that they were peddling yesterday the umpteenth time that the, one of the greatest executives in Hollywood history again ignominiously fired, and then boom, drops this. Okay, the next day, it's great. It's almost like they knew it was coming, Matt. Uh, Pete, now we'll turn our attention to a lengthy discussion about the uh, MCU, the Marvel uh, nominations. Here we go. Ms. Marvel, three nominations for editing, music, and main title music. That's it. Now, to be fair, Pete, I had I had lost track a little bit. I had to go back and look for this last Emmy calendar year. Uh, the only shows that Marvel has released uh, were, were Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk. Um I know that the She-Hulk VFX stuff wasn't perfect. I, was I maybe a little surprised that She-Hulk didn't get a nomination? Yes. Could I see an argument against it? Yes. Um, but again, Star Wars TV, three shows, 22 nominations. Marvel TV, you know, MCU TV, two shows, three nominations for one of them. Um, definitely a difference between the two. Surprised that Ms. Marvel wasn't in the FX hunt, but it was a pretty deep category. And the show was not as FX heavy driven as, you know, those others for sure. Um, but editing, okay. Yeah. The music, I think they've earned and the the main title. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like they, they come away empty handed here. She-Hulk's a tough one. I think maybe they had a shot at, at some writing and perhaps submitted there, given the, the meta end to that. It seems to be a real litmus test. Uh, you like She-Hulk or you don't. I think we're very clear in, in loving it. Um, but yeah, it, that's the way it crumbles. Uh, a movie that we did not podcast, a TV movie, Pete, uh, but enjoyed very much last summer is Prey, the Predator prequel. Um, had nominations for Best TV Movie, for Writing and Directing, among other nominations. Uh, if you haven't seen Prey, I mean, that was a good old time last August. That was a good old time going to the movies, albeit, you know, from home. 
that was that sticks out in my mind as a as, as a really solid you know movie experience again from the couch but better than some of the movie movies i've seen in the last year riveting the bear scene okay just so well done reinvigorating that franchise that really kind of lost its way and uh you know i know they had been heavily pushing toward a sequel um it's gonna be super interesting matt we get the nominations today and the screen actors guild uh extension about to expire what's gonna take place you know um a lot of pressure riding on that pete let me get it in here because i don't know when we're going to talk about prey and its associated folks uh next uh star of prey amber midthunder is headed places she is 26 years old she carries that movie okay i understand what that movie is which is a mid-budget sequel prequel that i don't know where it was in relation to the fox purchase and so on and so forth but it definitely was released to be you know 20th century studios contribute something to hulu um so it was not meant to be avengers you know blah 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 she carries that movie she is a star in the making watch out for whatever is next for her because she will be in the mcu and if she doesn't get gobbled up in the mcu she'll be in star wars or dc or like whatever it is she i mean i'm telling you she's 10 years from now yeah i i can already tell you that she's met all over town um yeah and it's it's simply a matter of time and who scoops her up um you know she doesn't profile for like fantastic four and it's a shame unless they really decide to you know go away from expected iterations of those characters in which case you know you can completely see her playing uh sue storm now pete before we get to this last show here i want to give a little context on the world of emmy nominations and all of that so at each you know, whether it's the network, the studio, the streamer, whatever it is, part of your PR department are people that are experts in FYC for your consideration. I'm going to assume, Pete, that that's not their job year round. Although I think that if you are, let's say you're Warner Brothers or whatever, you're probably thinking about awards season 12 months out of the year, just in terms of when's this film festival, when's the, this, what's a good release day. Like, like much, you know, you have somebody who, or multiple somebodies whose job it is, let's say at a, at a movie, movie studio or a major television studio to be thinking about awards every day, 365. But even at a streamer or whatever, they have PR people who's at least part of their job is for your consideration stuff. And we saw with Picard the biggest push the Paramount Plus has done yet. The billboards, the Times Square stuff, online. You know, you go to HollywoodReporter.com, you go to Deadline.com, and there's ad, the banner ads, there's pillars the on each panels, side. The, yeah. the making available of the cast, of the creatives, the behind the scenes in terms of getting the Enterprise D bridge made again. And uh, what are you going to tell us here, Matt? How'd they do? This is yet another major Star Trek awards flop that has happened under Paramount+. Plus. Picard nominated for prosthetic makeup and non-prosthetic makeup. That's it. None of the acting things they were hoping for. The beloved Patrick Stewart. The technical awards 
what would it be? Set design, production design. That's an absolute failure of whoever conducted that campaign to not get those people who did a tremendous job. And by the way, Matt, uh, yeah, there was a leak, but but still, like it was almost like a leak, like the uh, the Kirk leak from a year ago with Strange New Worlds. Almost like, oh, all right, here we go. Um, but just an absolute catastrophe that they couldn't come through for those super worthy artists. And and for people for for anti Star Wars, anti Kathleen Kennedy, whatever that whatever that group is that we were talking about before who say, well, Disney just bought their way to, you know, nine and or nominations and five for Kenobi. And, you know, everybody said Mandalorian season three wasn't as good, but you know, anybody can get a stunt nomination or VFX. Yeah. It can't both be true that you can buy nominations, but then Paramount plus spends all this money and doesn't get nominations. You know, there's gotta be more to it. I'm assuming some of it is, as you're saying, Pete, the nuance of where and when and how, and, and you know, and some of that maybe l- less glamorous, more butt kissing kind of stuff. But I don't know how it is that yet another season of well-made Star Trek, how that that message did not get out there to the Emmy, the larger Emmy world here. And if you want to say, you know, if we had walked away from this Picard season saying, you know, Pete, it got you know, visual effects and costume and hair and, you know, cause there's multiple hair categories. There's, it's not prosthetic and non-prosthetic, but there's like, you know, fantasy hair and regular hair with none of that stuff. None of those, none of those awards people who we're never going to see cause it's on like FX the weekend before and whatnot. None of those nominations for this show. I just don't get it. Not when the product is so good. I just don't get it. Must be a failure of the FYC people. They don't seem to understand how to properly push this. Um, again, it it sells itself in terms of the artistry that they did with that set, uh, their sets in general, um, and really stands out for the industry in terms of the way that they use those California tax credits and everything else you want to tell me all right you know the the voters didn't fall for sir patrick you know slumming it back to star trek never go back reach a certain age cashing checks for three seasons okay or even uh, to to piggyback off that you want to tell me they weren't going to do the production design people weren't going to nominate you for rebuilding a set that was built in 1986 okay but again where's the hair where's the this where's the vfx where's the stunts where's where's all those other things let alone the acting the writing as good a season that we've seen in terms of overall presentation and to come away with this meager which neither i think they'll win okay uh hall is Again, you know, whoever is doing that, they need to find other people to do it more successfully. Um, And I would just add, I would add to that. um, And I think in my mind, further evidence of people not doing a great job at it. 
um, no nominations for Lower Decks. You're telling me that it, it's not one of the best animated shows on TV. Um, it warms my heart, Pete, to see the latest Treehouse of Horror nominated for The Simpsons and things of that sort. But you're telling me that, you know, and look, animation obviously does not take the amount of work or have all the, the same categories that you might have for for a live action show. But two nominations across both Star Trek shows, it's just it it it. I find it stunning. I just I can't I can't square the circle on that one one bit. They owe it to the property and the franchise to do a better job. Well, Pete, as we record today, and I want to repeat that asterisk, as we record today, uh, June twelfth, uh, the Emmys are scheduled uh, to be broadcast live on Fox Monday, September eighteenth at eight p.m. Eastern. That is assuming that in the next. Uh, Jeepers Creepers, six hours or so, uh, that the actors don't go on strike, that there's not a speedy resumption on the acting end and the writing end, let alone in the last 24 hours, anonymous studio head quotes about talking about getting the writers into a position that they are starting to lose their homes and then they will come retreating for a terrible contract and just things are worse, not better. So Pete, I don't know when the 75th annual uh television academy awards will be because i think it's not going to be september 18th because i think we're in for a summer of labor strife i personally know one writer who just packed up and left los angeles because she's been evicted um and it's awful and that this has been bandied about as a strategy well that's how we're going to break the union uh, she's like, no, I'm I'm going to go back to the East Coast because I'll be back to the West Coast again. So good for her and good for the Writers Guild. And I hope uh, the Screen Actors Guild can hammer out a deal. Uh, I really don't think it's going to happen. And I suspect they're going to be fighting a battle on two fronts tomorrow, having settled with the Directors Guild already. Pete, we will certainly update uh, whether it's we'll probably do an Emmy Awards uh, update. So if if uh, this is the first time in a little while you've dusted off the Andor podcast feed or Kenobi, Ms. Marvel, etc., uh, we'll certainly we'll certainly be in touch when there are winners and see how these shows and others have done. Uh, in the interim, looking forward to this upcoming Secret Invasion Saturday and Star Trek Sunday uh, as we make our way through both of those shows this summer, Secret Invasion and Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Absolutely, and looking forward to talking Ahsoka, not just this week, but really soon. And Pete, this little sojourn to the world of Emmy Gold uh, has been made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantasticgeek, keeping us listeners supported. We could not do it without you, and we appreciate that support so, so much. Everybody who goes to uh, patreon.com slash fantasticgeek with a PH, all one word, uh, gets access to exclusive content, all sorts of levels to choose from, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute right now get yourself over to apple podcast and give us a rating in seconds help the algorithm push us out to other people well pete with that i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final emmy nominations word talk to you soon mm-hmm.